Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenashe and I launch humanity into greatness by replacing limitations with possibilities and expanding people's mindsets. And so today, this podcast today is definitely all about expanding your mindset because it's actually called Break Out of the Box. And we all have probably felt at one time boxed in, limited, labeled, stereotyped. Um, that's not a good feeling. And, and I think breaking out of the box is just what's in order just for us to, again, release our greatness and get rid of those limitations. So I have with me Darnell Oaks. So say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? And so you actually picked this topic, break out of the box. So what kind of made that stand out to you? What made you say, I want to talk about that? Well, Zen, uh, first, thank you for having me. Um, break out the box is, uh, is key to me. Um, it's a huge part of uh, my journey. And for me, it represents freedom. Um, I'm in the business of, um, you know, building, repairing broken families. Uh, so my goal for their next generations is to never even step into the box. <laughs> mm, gotcha. so, so just to, to grow in freedom, you know, to be born into freedom. So um, freedom is what um, getting out of that box means to me. Okay, I like that a lot, freedom. Yeah, freedom is a very powerful word. You know, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, when you said freedom, it actually reminded me, I saw a clip of a raisin in the sun recently. Mm -hmm. And Phyllis, uh, Felicia Rashad was saying to, you know, uh, P. Diddy, you know, her son in that movie, um, who was saying money is life. And she said, what? what? You know, <laughs> I remember when freedom was life. That's you know, and, and that whole idea that people, our ancestors died mm -hmm. for freedom, you know, wanted to have that freedom. You know, um, some people want to say that we were brought, brought over here as workers, but most of us were brought over here as slaves. And and uh, the people that came over here as immigrants, they came for freedom. But the slaves that came over, they wanted freedom and they wanted to break out of the box of society and put them in, which was you are a piece of property. You know, you are right. not, you are three fifths of a human being. Um, and, and we have been trying to, again, get away from that ever since <laughs> the 1600s, yes. you know, but it, it just is amazing how many labels and stereotypes still exist about us as a people and about different facets of what's, what's labeled our culture, you know, cool. And, and having the freedom to say, you know, hey, my culture is much older than anything that you want to say about me. And I can walk in that freedom. I can walk in the greatness of my ancestors and be completely free to be educated. And not that's not going to be, I'm not going to consider that part of another culture or to speak properly or to, you know, become a CEO or you know, anything I want to be and not consider that selling out, you know, because there's so many trip ups, you know, that people face as they are trying to break out of the box. You know, they're trying to you talk about freedom. You know, another thing that came to my mind was the crabs in the barrel. When one of them is trying to climb out, you know, the whole metaphor is that the other crabs pull them back down. And no matter how much they try to get out, the other crabs pulling back down. So they're trying to, in a sense, break out of the box, break out of the barrel. But rather than getting support, they're getting, you know, pulled back into the same toxic cycles, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I think with you talking about working with single parents, you know, that can be a toxic cycle of like, for example, you know, the mom was a single parent and then her daughter becomes a single parent and then the granddaughter becomes a single parent. But even in that status, that doesn't mean that you need to fall into any of the stereotypes that fit that. You know, we have single parents that achieve greatness. And I think mm -hmm. that that's what you're trying to get people to see that no matter what your status is or no matter what situation you find yourself in, you don't have to let that limit you. You can move out of the limitations that society would want to place on you. 
you know. So, so how did you kind of come up with that, like as a goal or as a as a mission that you wanted to do to kind of help single parents kind of, in a sense, break out of the box and find that freedom to be their best selves? Well, well, then it all started um, 19 years ago. Uh, myself, as a 19 year old, um, became a father. Became a father uh, 19. By the time I was 21 years old, I was a single parent. So from 21 to 30, I was I was uh, taking all of that in. Um, I went through the acceptance uh, portion of it, which I see. I've seen single parents battle the acceptance part, which is to me the very first step to repairing yourself. Um, they they never make it out that first step, you know, just accepting, okay, I'm doing this alone and this isn't normal. This isn't something I want to pass on. How do I conquer? You know, I went through um, the financial breakdown of that, you know, um, a depression point um, during that period. And um, of course, you know, God always bring the sunshine as long as you stay faithful. So I also experienced making myself worthy enough to be somebody's husband, okay. which, which in that cycle, along with education and, and plenty of uh, other things um, to where um, that's, a, that's something that uh, we don't expect through our uh, commitment and faith that um, that cycle doesn't get passed on uh, through our children. So uh, as time goes on, I get into uh, life coaching uh, with the great Tony Gaskins. And um, it feels good helping people, but I'm just like, man, something is missing, you know? And uh, I'm doing a lot of other things business-wise and um, it hit me, you know, that, uh, the purpose I need to get more into what was the purpose within this, you know, and um, I found that purpose and um, single parents is kind of like, it's kind of like a thing now to where it's, oh yeah, yeah, you know, they're just single parent. And when I really look back, you know, say in my neighborhood growing up, I was probably one of the few to have my father in the household until the age of 10. So it was actually a normal thing for my friends and I to, oh, well, you know, it's just him and his mom. That was a normal thing. So I said, man, that's that's my purpose. I lived it. I've, I've conquered. I got to teach others how to do the same. So I took the life coaching and said, no, this is single parenting coaching. This is single parenting, uh, single parent empowerment. So that's how it all okay. came about. Well, I, I like I made it short enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that was good. I like that phrase you just said, single parent empowerment, Indeed. because uh, empowerment is a powerful word. And, you know, power is a powerful word. Yes, um, yes. I remember being young and feeling powerless. And I remember being, uh, even in, in my marriage before I got divorced and feeling powerless, feeling like, okay, my life isn't going to get any better. This is it. Mm -hmm. And that when you're in that scenario, it's like, uh, wow, I don't like this. I don't want this. How do I change this? And, and feeling like you have, you don't have the power to change it is, is really depressing, as you said. But yeah. then when you get that, whatever happens, most of us have some kind of epiphany where we're like, <laughs> if it's going to be, it's up to me. And Correct. I have to take some kind of step. I have to do something. Um, and for me, the first time that happened was in therapy when um, I was actually really wanting to stay in my marriage, really wanting to stay because everybody in my family had been married, had died, married. Um, I didn't want to be wow. one of the few that got divorced. I was going to feel like a failure. And so mm -hmm. I had put myself in the box of if I get divorced, I'm a failure. If I get divorced, you know, I, I didn't keep my family together. I'm the woman I'm supposed to keep my family together. It's my job. 
And mm-hmm. I had put that into my in, in, in the box. And then I had a therapist say to me, why is that your job? Why isn't it the job of both of you? Correct. And I had never thought of that before. That was a new thought to me. Wow. And she was like, why are you taking on the complete and total responsibility for this relationship? And I didn't have an answer for that. And so mm-hmm. then I began to see, and, and then I began to ask my husband at the time questions. And he didn't have any answers. He didn't feel the responsibility of keeping the relationship together. He didn't feel, you know, for him, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, you know? Wow. So you should be happy that I'm here. You know what I mean? Um, you don't feel like I love you. I mean, I walked down the aisle with you, didn't I? You know what I mean? That that should be enough. I don't. I shouldn't need to tell you I love you again. I walked down the aisle with you. I asked you to marry me. That's enough. You know, so when I um, begin to take it in, okay, my standards are here. His standards are on the ground somewhere. Um, this is an incompatibility that's not going to change. Our mindsets are totally, completely different. And this will not get better. And the only way it's going to change is for me to step out of this, especially if I don't want my kids to grow up thinking this is normal. And, you know, so those labels that I had begun to put on myself of failure, I had to take them off and say, okay, that may be something that somebody else thinks of me. That's not my problem. My job is to do the best I can with myself and raising my children and going into single parenthood, but going into single parenthood empowered to, okay, I'm going to make myself the best parent I can. I'm going to do the best that I can and and also do the best that I can to heal myself because I knew that I had scars and and, um, insecurities and lack of confidence and a lot of other things, self-esteem issues, right? So I'm like, okay, I got to fix that. You know, yeah. so, but I think, as you said, empowerment is so key. And back then, that was 1999 for me. I don't even know if we had the term life coach. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember it back then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably could have used a life coach at that time, but uh, my, you my, both. <laughs> you know, my journey was through a lot of books and through going mm-hmm. to church and through. Uh, journaling. You know, I have my own guided journals that I sell now, but um, that was kind of how I started on this journey of breaking out of the box and redefining myself and saying, okay, um, I may be a single parent, but that's not the label or the limit of what I am, you know? So let me, let me redefine myself. And I actually made like a, a poster for myself with all these positive adjectives you know, so I can look at it and kind of feel empowered and feel uplifted and feel, in a sense, my personal greatness, even though I might not be great in somebody else's eyes because I was a single parent. I was a divorced woman. You know, I was I, I used to call it I was one of those women that my grandmother used to talk about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> those women whose husband cheated on her, those women that had been abused. Those women, I was one of, and I didn't want to be one of those women. You know, I wanted to be in another group where everybody thought everything was perfect, you know, and wonderful and quite big events, you know. But uh, I actually wrote an article called Those Women and how I accept that. You talked about being in denial, how I had to actually take that on and say, okay, I'm one of those women, but I'm also Mm -hmm. one of those women who overcame. There you go. You know what I mean? And, and being, having these things that happen to me don't define me. They don't define me. I I think it comes with thinking for yourself, you know, and, and changing your mindset. So, you know, um, as a life coach, have you seen that that's something that people need to do to kind of, in a sense, break out of the box and break out of those limitations? Oh, uh, absolutely. And I think the, uh, the very first thing, even for myself, um, where I, I noticed things really, really taking a shift um, was my relationship with the Lord. Um, I grew up with no no belief in God at all. Um, I always felt there was a higher power, um, but I never tapped in. Um, family, the way my family was structured, um, I never had to attend church. 
if I ever end up in a church, it was uh, by accident. <laughs> I was spending a night over a friend's house or it was a funeral. Um, but my wife uh, walked me into a church. Um, she she was already um, committed, you know, had a relationship with the Lord and she introduced me um, to church. And um, from that point, I, I never looked back. Um, I remember walking in church one day, we was probably a month in, you know, of going consistently and um, the weight, it just felt like the weight was coming off, whatever. Just like you said, um, you were, you were taking all the responsibility of whatever that pain was, you know, and for myself, it was the single parents and uh, the circumstances growing up just carrying all that weight, the dysfunction of the family. And um, as it was coming off, I felt it coming off. I just broke down. You know, I'm not even a guy that does a lot of crying, but I couldn't control it that day, you know? And I noticed that, um, you know, at that point I was now putting it on the Lord. I took it off myself, put all the worry, put all the pain, just put it on the Lord. Cause he can handle that. And um, I took it all for myself. Stop trying to be so strong and tough about every single little thing, because honestly, you know, I'm not as tough as I thought I was. You know, that's what I realized. So, yeah, I think the relationship with God is the very first step, you know, and um, I always ask uh, clients this or, you know, um, my lovely single parents, I should say, instead of clients, I always ask them this. What relationship grows when all you do is talk to the person but never listen to them? This is the relationship of God, Joe. This relationship of God. You got to talk to God. You also need to listen to him. So once I mastered that, you know, I noticed that that's the step. That's the first step in acceptance, you know, that you're not in full control. Well, I, I like that, um, you know, you're not in full control thing. Um, control, I actually have a whole podcast called Control, which is one of, Take Control, which is one of uh, my top downloads. And we talk, I talk with my cameraman about the whole issue of control because we're Virgos and people say Virgos are controlling. I, I, I don't agree. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't agree, but that's our reputation. But, um, you know, I believe like I, I have learned a lot over the last six years, especially since I've been divorced um, the second mm -hmm. time, that you have to learn how to flow. You know, nature teaches us how to flow. If you watch nature, just, you know, flow, you know, watch, watch how a sapling will bend in the wind and it will go with the wind. It won't fight. It'll just go with it. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. you know, um, I, I know there's that famous quote by Bruce Lee, be water, my friend, you know, water can flow or water can crash, you know, Indeed. you know, water will take on the shape of whatever you put it in. It, it, it'll go into a round shape, a square shape. It'll go, you know, be water, my friend, you know, so to learn how to flow, learn how to learn how to, you know, when things are up, be happy. And when things are down, you know, take that, take that down in and, and realize it's a season. And don't take it to heart. Just flow with it. And, mm -hmm. and that you're not in control. There's there. There are seasons in life, just like there's seasons in nature. You know, there's ups and downs. And, you know, when we're talking about breaking out of the box, you know, one of the things I had to learn was that people, especially in America, they want things. They want to control things, as you said. And they want to pretend like we have control over everything and that like black women are always supposed to be strong. Well, nothing is always strong. If you look at nature, like I said, there's seasons, there's day and there's night, you know, there's winter and summer, there's spring, there's fall. There's times when things grow and there's times when things die, you know, so there's going to be times when you're strong and times when you're weak. And so sometimes we have to break out of that box that society puts us in of you. Ha you're a man, you can't cry. 
Well, why not? (laughs) Black woman, you got to be strong. You got to have it all together. You got to, you know, I remember my dad telling me, you got two strikes against you already. You black and you're a female. You're going to have to be twice as good as everybody else. You know, and that may be true to a certain extent. And I'm not disputing that there was Mm -hmm. no reason he told me that. But there's also the side of me that says, okay, I need to have somebody I can go to when I'm not at my best. And I don't need to put on this face that I'm always at my best. I need to break out of this box that says I always have to have it together, whether that is my life coach or my therapist or my best friend or my pastor. You know, I have to be able to be human. And sometimes I think breaking out of the box is taking off this idea that we need to be superhuman, superwoman, super mother, super dad, super man. We just need to be men and women. We just need to be human beings, you know, and, and going with spirituality, you know, I've gone on a whole spiritual journey after my divorce, you know, um, I was always the one that was searching for God and, mm-hmm. and for me searching for God took me out of the church. Cause I had been in the church 30, what, 32, three years and hadn't really, it was like this. It was like, I went like this at 15, I read the Bible and went to church and, and I just learned so much and grew. And then I would just stagnate yeah. from that point. It was like, I stayed there. And there was no growth and no change in my life. Um, And I was like, this is not what I signed up for spiritually. You know, this is not what, and and there's, there's things that bother me about church and about, you know, the Bible, about everything that comes to spirituality. So I actually ended up completely leaving the church, which was the best thing that I had ever experienced because it caused me to look further and look back. And I ended up going to a much older belief system, which is comedic spirituality, okay. which has to do with, you know, more divine laws. And there's a lot of similarities because Christianity came out of Africa. You know what I'm saying? It came out of Africa. The oldest Bible is the Ethiopian Bible. So, you know, when you talk about the law of sowing and reaping, that's in the Bible. But that existed way before a Bible was ever written. People talked about that, you know. Um, you know, so the law of attraction is in the Bible, but it existed way before the Bible was ever written, you know, so going back to something that's much, much more ancient for me, it was something that helped me in a sense, break out of the box because religion said so many things, you know, there are things in the Bible about women. That's very difficult to read. You know, being a man, the Bible's kind of on your side and lets you, you know, do a lot of things and get away with things, you know. But in the Bible, if a woman is raped, you know, she's supposed to marry her rapist. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and yeah. you know, it's just things there as a woman that I had a lot of difficulty with. Or even the I'm fact sure. that the Bible supports slavery, you know. Um, so you have the whole story of let my people go, but you have all the same stories as scriptures about slaves obey your masters as you would Christ, you know what I'm saying? So there were some problems I had spiritually with some of those things and and going back to something that, like I said, was more ancient for me, breaking out of the box, um, the whole idea of being born in original sin, you know what I'm saying? That's not an ancient idea. The ancient idea is in Genesis when God said he created everything and it was good, that's the ancient idea that we are all good. We do have a lower nature that we're supposed to not give into. We're supposed to give into our higher nature, but that doesn't make us bad that we have a lower nature. That's just because everything has good and evil. The world has good and evil. You know, there's dark and light in nature. That's just the way things are. So, you know, so breaking out of the box for me also meant taking off some of these old ideas, like you're a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner, you're going to bust hell wide open, you know, you should be trembling in your boots every time you sin because you're going to go to hell. You know, that, you know, was kind of the way I was raised. And I was even as the most devout Christian that I could ever try to be, always fearful I was going to, in a sense, lose my salvation. Um, Black slide, you know, and God was going to take out his wrath on me. Um, with whatever possible thing could happen. And and then to kind of leave that thought and be like, you know, um, 
yeah, that's not it, you know, um, was, was very freeing for me and, and very, it opened me up to be honest to a trust in God that I never ever achieved when I was in church. Because for me, how can you trust someone that you're afraid is going to judge you for whatever you do, if it's wrong? How can you really be open and honest with that person? How can you really bear your soul to that person? How can you really say, here's me and all of my flaws and I still love you and you still love me. And thank you so much for that. You know, but when you go to something that's much more, I guess you could say, uh, non-traditional, and it's much more about honoring nature, honoring yourself, realizing you are one with everything. And because you are one with everything, you are just as much a part of the creation of God as that beautiful sun and that beautiful cloud and that beautiful ocean. And God isn't judging that, so why would God judge you? You know what I'm saying? And so that was such a, a, a peaceful kind of belief system, you know, not to say that that means you get away with anything. There's cause and effect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You do something, it's going to come back to you because of the law of sowing and reaping. You know, oh, so there was built in, in a sense, judgment because mm -hmm. that's the way the world works. You know what I'm saying? The world was created to have its own checks and balances. God didn't have to come down here and beat you with a stick. It was already built into the system Correct. You know, for there to be checks and balances. So if you give out good, you get good. If you give out evil, you get evil. It's the seed you're planting, you're going to sow. You know, so that was so much more something that I could embrace and and say okay god is absolutely fair because the law of sowing and reaping works every time for everybody you know it doesn't you might not put a seed in the ground and get an apple tree every time but you know because the conditions aren't right but generally mm -hmm. you put an apple seed in the ground you get an apple tree you know you do evil you generally get evil back sometimes you get a pass just like in nature sometimes a tree doesn't grow but in general it does work you know, so for me, breaking out of the box was was saying, man has gotten way too much in religion. And let me go see what people believe before we had all of this stuff. What did they actually believe? What did they actually live by? What did my ancestors actually believe? What did they actually live by? And going back to things like, you know, the 42 laws of my yacht and stuff like that, which is for me, it was breaking out of the box. It was just freedom, complete, total freedom. And, and, and actually a kind of much higher standard because there was no idea of kind of forgiveness. You don't get forgiven from the law of sowing and reaping. You don't. It, mm. there, there's no, there, you know, <clears throat> it, it is what it is. You planted the seeds, you're going to reap it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was kind of a higher standard in a sense, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think everybody has to find their path. And oh, indeed. And, and then as they're going on that path, do the most good they can until they get to the end of that path, you know, knowing that, that we were all put here for a purpose, you know, we were all put here for a reason. And yeah. I, I, and I think that's beautiful um, because I think it's all about finding everybody needs balance. You know, um, some of us or say all of us rather, move at our own pace yeah you know and sometimes that pace is too fast and sometimes it's way too slow so um i think it's a great thing um i think some people because of however they were pushed into a certain direction or whatever they experienced within that setting even even though the intentions may have been well the environment probably wasn't you know so they would need to go elsewhere um, to find that balance, you know? So um, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, proud, proud you, um, you found that peace and that balance because I think that's what it's all about. I agree. So is there someone that, you know, inspires you that you feel has kind of broken out of the box and kind of 
uh, put those, I guess, stereotypes or labels or limitations that people wanted to put on them to the side and said, okay, I see you want me to be this and do this. And you're saying I can only do this, but yeah. I won't do this over here. And I'm not going to be limited <laughs> by what you said. Is there someone yeah. that you can think of that? Yeah. Um, many, so many people come to mind, but the very first person that comes to mind when it, when it comes to uh, breaking out of the box is my son. Mm. Yeah, my son, uh, shout out to my son, Stylin' Oaks. Um, he, he's like the, uh, I always say, I don't believe God going to give me another son mm. because the kid is, the kid is a diamond to me. You know, um, you know, he's been there, as, as I said, uh, 19 years old. Um, you know, he, he been with me through, through that whole journey and, um, I never allow him to make excuses um, and he never allowed himself because I can only allow, but, you know, to a certain extent, right. Um, I'm not God, you know, so um, he took a lot of the things that um, I taught him. Um, of course he had his own circumstances uh, with his mother being absent and um, you know, he's been through the confidence crashing um, of course, is in his mind. I'm sh I'm sure countless, you know, nights. Where's my mom? You know, I'm sure he had those questions. And um, no matter what, you know, he he really uh, stuck to a script. He put a plan out, and um, the kid is amazing. Um, personality, uh, academically, um, anyone that you would have run across that know him um will, will tell you impeccable impeccable character um you know he's he's currently at a uh, penn state great allegheny uh you know in his freshman year of college and um already you know he, he's making everybody smile as he's building these relationships so um breaking out of the box to me if i had to point to somebody it, it would be my boy uh right away so proud of them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and when you were talking, it actually reminded me of when I was going to college. And, and I remember my mother, she was, uh, she basically said, hey, I want you to go to a HBCU. So I'm going to mm. send you to Jarvis Christian College. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. You know, um, I don't know how to even explain what it's like to be at an HBCU except to tell people to watch a different world if they can ever see those episodes because love that that, show. that <laughs> show really did capture in my mind what being at an HBCU was like because I went to Catholic school till I was in okay. seventh grade then I went to Jarvis uh well not Jarvis I'm sorry Johnston Middle School and I went to Lamar High School and those were predominantly white schools at the time. Mm -hmm. So I felt like in all three of those situations, elementary and middle and high school, like I really didn't fit in and I didn't really know who I was. And being black was very, it, it was kind of an uncomfortable thing. I wasn't comfortable in my skin yet. Mm. And then going to Jarvis and it's all, it was all black. We only had one white student in the whole school. Um, and you had, you know, courses on black history and culture. You had just, it was just a different, completely different vibe. I had never had that many black professors, teachers ever in my life, you know, and, and just <laughs> breaking out of the box of, you know, there sometimes are stereotypes that are put on you when people are expecting you to be stupid or uninformed or giving you a lower standard because, you know, you're black or you're, you know, you don't make that much money or whatever. And then to go someplace where everyone is expecting you to be excellent and they're expecting you to, you know, raise the bar and you better come with it. You know, it was, it was a beautiful thing. Um, and being pushed, you know, I never remember when I was in private school, I was pushed because yeah. everybody was pushed. Oh, yeah. But after I left seventh grade, I didn't remember having that push like I got when I went to the HBCU. It was such a, but it was a push with a, a lot of love. 
and a lot of encouragement and a lot of, you know, I had never felt that validated, you know, so, um, you know, breaking out of the box in terms of educationally, you know, this whole idea of, of people not expecting that much from you, um, even being told you should lower your expectations a little bit. Um, you shouldn't go for certain things because, you know, it's more difficult for you, that kind of thing, um, to being told, you know, you should be absolutely excellent and you can be anything and, and really believing that they mean it and that um, you want to go into politics, let's do it. You want to go into, you know, whatever you want to be. Let's let's put a plan together. Let's get it done. You know, so um, it's it's kind of uh, it's hard to even, like I said, explain how impactful that was for me as a young person. Um, and then I couldn't stay there because going to a private college, HBCU, is expensive. I went the first year and a half on scholarship and then um, I had to leave because I couldn't afford it and then went to U of H and then you're just a number. Oh, gosh, you're just a number. And it was such a culture shock, you know, such a culture shock. I, I miss my HBCU days a lot. Um, and I hope that your son is having an amazing experience at Penn State, you know. Uh, my experience at U of H was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. You know, but, what, what did you study? Well, actually, my first year and a half, I changed majors quite a few times. I started in business and okay. needed classes and then went into art. And that wasn't a good fit. And so I finally ended up, I was like, well, I love reading. I love writing. Let me do a major in English. I could always teach. Maybe I'll go into writing, you know. And I ended up graduating with an English major. So again, kind of breaking out of the box. Sometimes we don't know. You know, my mom, my mom wanted me to be in business. She was a business person. Yeah. I never planned on having a business any time in my life, ever, ever, ever. And now I do have more than one, which is funny <laughs> how that happens. But uh, it took me finding my own way to that because college mm -hmm. was not going to get me there. They were trying to teach me how to manipulate people. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that conversation. That was not the way I wanted to do business. You know, that was just not my business model. So, you know, they could, they should have called the class I was taking psychology of manipulation one-on-one. That's not what it was called, but that, that's what the first three classes ended up being about. And I was like, let me drop this and move on to something else. Cause this is kind of, you know? Um, so, and again, breaking out of the box, you know, um, I had a very negative opinion of, of business people and business mm. as entrepreneurship by seeing how hard my mom worked and also by that class. Yeah. But you don't have to run business like that. You know, you don't have to do that. That's not the only business model. It just happened to be the one that was being taught at the time that I went to college, you know? So again, break out of the box, create your own, you know, thing, do it, do it differently. There's more than one way to skin a cat as people say, you know, Oh, absolutely. So, I think yeah. I think it's all about uh, thinking, you know, once you start thinking free, you, you're taking yourself out the box right away. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Now, I wanted to answer that question. I just watched the docudrama about Steve Jobs and okay. I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't know he was such a difficult person to work with and work for, but I still was very inspired by his idea, okay, people aren't doing this. Why aren't they doing this? And if they aren't doing this, I want to do it. You know, I want to create a new type of personal computer, completely different from what's out there. Mm -hmm. I want to create this musical gadget that's going to sit in your pocket and hold a thousand songs. Nobody else has thought of this, but I'm in a sense completely breaking out of the box and I'm completely coming up with um, these new ideas. And I remember there was one scene in the movie where he took over this, this uh, part of his old company that had fired him and now rehired him and said, whatever projects you have, put them to the side. Today, I want you to just design something you love. I want you to forget if it's practical, forget anything, just design something you love and then come back and let's see what we have. Let's see what we have come up with. 
So he was completely getting them outside of that box. He wanted that creative thinking to come up. And, and I thought that that was a beautiful, you know, they presented these ideas and this one guy presented, he was like, yours, yours, we're going to do that. Come here. Let me talk to me more, <laughs> you know? So, and that was just such a beautiful moment of saying, let's forget all the practicality. Let's just be creative just for a day and see what we come up with. And let's break out of this box that we put ourselves in, you know, because we don't have to be inside this box. We can create something different. We have to, we can create something new. And, and I thought that was just quite, quite incredible, especially when you're talking about, you know, multi-million dollar companies and people wanting to, to, to look at the bottom line and is this going to make money and all this kind of stuff. So I wanted to ask you another question before we get into your podcast and, and um, kind of your other groups that you run. How do you think self-esteem relates to breaking out of the box? Oh, wow. Self-esteem is a, it's a huge, huge piece uh, of breaking out of the box. Um, because, I mean, um, when it comes to self-esteem, like who's, who's going who's gonna to believe you? You know, self-esteem is um, it's one of them things that's on your, you know, it's on your sleeves, you know, whether you want it or not. It's it's on your face, you know, um, and nobody cares. I heard this somewhere recently um, and I hope I'm saying it correctly, but it was it, it was something along the lines. Nobody cares until they know that you care. You know, so. Once they can, you know, they can identify that whatever you're doing, whatever, whatever you you're trying to get away from, you really care, you know, then they'll start caring as well. You know, so self-esteem um, is, is kind of like that, that push, you know, that um, that takes you, you know, out of that box. You know, you have the belief, you have the freedom in your mind and then now you're you're believing in it. You know, you're believing in yourself. So self-esteem is uh, critical um, to taking that next step, you know, at least getting that first foot out the box. Okay. Okay. So tell me about your podcast, The D. Oak Show. Oh, The D. Oak Show. Um, so once again, I, I started um, I started out just, I would say, uh, similar to others, you know, um, during the during the um, pandemic, you know there was a there was opportunities I was learning about doing podcasts, how to connect other ways. So I said, "Wow, you know, if I can learn how to edit, I can learn how to do these different things. You know, this could be something." You know, and um, I got into it. Um, my son um, that I mentioned actually taught me how to edit. So <laughs> so uh, he took me to class for for a day and showed me how to edit. So I said, okay, I'm going to invite, you know, uh, inspiring figures, you know, on and connect some dots with them. And um, I began to do it. I probably did roughly 24, 25 episodes, somewhere along them lines. And um, it was great. But once again, that was during the life coaching um, experience. So once I transition to specifically single parents that's where we are today on season two of the do show where it's about a platform for single parents maybe you know zen but i've never heard of a platform for single parents hmm. um to share their stories to inform single parents um about freedom um financial freedom um about a self identification uh family infrastructure i i haven't heard like i say zen if you heard of one let me know <laughs> so <laughs> i haven't heard of one um i mean i don't know all the podcasts that are out there but yeah. i i haven't heard of one that's dedicated yeah. to single parents uh yeah if there's one out there like i said you and i would have to find out about it because I, I don't know one yeah because because that and i love that i, I love that um that um people can when they see you they can look at you and say hey that's what he specializes in you know you're going through this you need to go see her you know so 
um, I love that. You know, it, it comes with uh, um, a heck of a challenge. I believe I'm in the one percent when it when it comes to um, building broken families. Um, so yeah, that's that's what the uh, the show is all about. You know, actually, uh, in episode two uh, is actually out came out today at eleven a.m. and um, it's an amazing. Um, sit down with uh, Kenny Trader, who is a, a father fighting for rights to see his daughter. And this has been a year long fight. Hmm. And um, hmm. he's informing us a whole lot about um, the difficulty of laws, the sexism um, that goes on with, with the laws, uh, depending on county states, the jurisdiction uh, issues. Um, it's very, very informative um, if you're a father or a mother out there that's fighting for um, the rights to your own kid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great episode. And um, Anchor.fm, uh, Spotify and uh, Apple um, Podcasts is uh, the primary platforms where you can go listen in every uh, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. OK, OK. Indeed. Well, you know, it's great when anyone is fighting for whatever they believe in, you know, is it, that's a positive thing. And, and I, I actually wrote a poem called Fathers Are Not Disposable about women not shutting their, you know, the fathers of their children out of their lives, especially for no reason, especially just because, you know, there's a breakup. I mean, that has nothing to do with the children. You know, nothing at all. Not um, at all. They should still have access to both parents, even with the, the breakup being there and being a factor. And and again, you know, one thing that I'm hoping is that we have had so many negative stereotypes about us as a people, you know, being unhealthy, uh, the men, our men living short lives, being incarcerated, the yeah. women being vindictive uh, when breakups happen, you know, um, having multiple children um, mm -hmm. without, I guess you could say, really good planning on who who the father is, that kind of thing. We, we've had a lot of yeah. stereotypes thrown at us, some that are true, some that are false, some some that we just need to work on and, and trying to build up the community and and get resources to the community so we can in a sense, break out of those stereotypes and get back to some unity and, and some positivity and some, as you said, financial freedom, um, education. Education can be definitely powerful. Oh, it's very um, But also not just education. You know, I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad right now. Yeah. And one of the things that... Book. Yeah, uh, it is a powerful book. Uh, yeah. I'm in, I think, chapter three, and uh, the author is talking about how when he started to get these lessons from his rich dad, his rich dad said, I'm not going to teach you like they teach you in school. I'm going to give you a lesson. And if you don't use it, if I don't see you using it, then class is going to end right there where you're done. And it was like, "Woo, OK. okay. <laughs> and he was like, do you want to continue? Because I just taught you something. Now, let me go see you put it into action. You know what I mean? That's and, right. And, uh, the young boy was like, "Yes, yes, I want to continue. I want to continue." <laughs> um, so, man, it was like, "Okay, well, that's a way of teaching." You know, um, mm -hmm. I gave you some practical wisdom. Now you go show me. You show me that in action, because sometimes I think um, people want to learn things, but they don't want to apply them. They just want to say that they know it, but they haven't actually used it. You know, and. To me, one of the ways that you break out of the box is you learn it and you put it into action because because knowledge is nothing if you just learn it but never apply it. It's when you actually mm -hmm. apply it that it's transformative. Um, and and we have to take responsibility. To me, you, you talked about in the very beginning um, accepting certain things, you know, kind of being yeah. the first step. And, and then... <laughs> To me, after that, once you accept where you are, then you have to take responsibility for getting to a better place. Indeed. And, and whatever that is, um, whatever those steps are, you know, 
start taking those steps, uh, whatever small, it might be a tiny step, but even a tiny step is better than no step, you know, well, for sure. For sure. And, I, I think, um, not, and not to cut you off. I think, I think the self therapy, you know, and, um, and family, the value of family, you know, what family really means uh, is something that's uh, just speaking of our people and uh, all the narratives surrounding us. I think that is where is where the, you know, the real tuna need to take place. Well, I wanted to say something. Let's, let's break out of the box for a second. You know, uh, I'm a black woman. You're a black man. Now, there's all these narratives mm -hmm. that say that black women have nothing good to say about black men and all that. So right now on camera, I want to say I think what you're doing is amazing and I support it and I, I uplift. You know, I'm so glad you have a beautiful black family and that you are trying to move forward in positivity and, and to, as you say, empower single parents um, oh, so that they can become, as you said, kind of um, lifted, uplifted so that they can move forward from wherever they were broken, wherever they were uh, stopped and hindered and, you know, you know, obstacles are put in their path so they can have a way forward and they can have those those mentors or there's those people that encourage them. And even a platform, like you said, a platform where they can learn and grow and feel supported as a group. You know, so I think that that's really, really great. And, you know, when you put your your bio in um, my little podcast form, I was really excited about that because I was like, wow, this is this is needed it is needed for someone to say, I've been there and I am at a different place now and I'm going back to help those people who were in that place where I was, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I think of Maya Angelou, she said, when you learn, teach, you know? Absolutely. And, and I know that you wrote a book. What is the name of your book? Oh, the book is I Did That because I, I really did that. <laughs> yes indeed yes indeed and and what is your book about i did that oh it's it's about the uh entire story um true story uh of myself you know how i uh became a single parent so we go all the way back to the mindset as a uh as a teenager that um had the wrong wrong uh mindset on the sex and, and and all those things and so how i became a single a parent a single parent and um all the challenges uh in between um i mean it, it goes it, it one of my friends say it's it, this is very graphic you know he, he told me that uh when he first read it so it goes really really in depth of um you know the highs and lows and um also a piece of um, what I did to shift my mindset um, because it's a whole different challenge, you know, when you're, uh, when you're in it, you know, um, it's, it's one of those things you really have to be there, you know, to um, understand, you know, what that, what that parent is dealing with, you know, um, you have these fears and, you know, I spoke about the fears in there, you know, of, uh, the nightmares you have, okay, if something happens to me, then my child has nobody, you know, because there's no other parent. You know, I went through those things. And, um, and of course, like I say, the breakthrough, you know, everything that it took for the breakthrough, how I had to look in the mirror about certain things that I was doing, you know, I wasn't doing, you know, so, um, it speaks about that whole um, that that whole story uh, in depth, and um, it's a read. Uh, I had I had uh, also one uh, feedback said, "Listen, even I, dude, the dude told me I don't even read, and I read your book." <laughs> well, that's great. That's so, great. That's yeah. Awesome. So um, what a, that was that was actually one I said. Well, you know what. No one else even have to read my book. If 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 I got somebody to read it that don't even pick up a book, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So uh, that's that's beyond the goal. So, yeah, it's it, it's great. I think for young people, it's a great read for any uh, young person out there that feels like um, sex, you know, is something that they're prepared for. I guarantee you you're not. Uh, and this book is going to help you. <laughs> and also, you know, for that single parent that's really in it right now and then, um, really have no idea of, you know, where to go or how to um, approach their situation, you know, um, that this is going to be an eye-opening read. And, um, and another thing, just hearing it from a man's uh, perspective, because... I think that's another thing with uh, single parenting is so many women. Zen, I don't know if you know this, but there's roughly 14 million broken homes just in America alone. And roughly nine, about nine to 11 million is mothers. So the men is very rare. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so um, to hear it actually from a man it's it's very very uh eye-opening yeah okay so i did that you guys um <laughs> bug baby um it's on amazon uh barnes and nobles it's in uh and it's an ebook i want to put that out there as well so it's an ebook you can actually um just tap just tap on it, a couple couple clicks and uh the whole story you know it's right there on you Sure, read. Okay, I, I saw um, that you had another flyer. It looked like you had a class for young kids or for for families. That you Absolutely. Were doing on Saturdays. Absolutely. Um, so, so on Saturdays, um, I have a uh, Saturday morning um, class, and it's broken down into three uh, sections. Um, it's called Wealthy Kids. So it's strictly for the children of single parents, I want to say we're starting at age seven, maybe six or seven. Um, and it goes up to about 19. So um, it's introducing um, the children of single parents to wealth. You know, um, look, D Oaks, I'm not a financial advisor, you know, or anything of the sort. But uh, I know a little something about wealth. And um, I definitely feel like um, those children, uh, for the majority, they they get whether the parents realize it or not, they catch a bit of that distraction. You know, when the parent, you know, got to pick up the slack from the other parent that isn't present and um, it distracts the kid in the wrong way. And I believe in healthy distractions, mm. you know, so um Parents, let me distract your kids with the language of wealth on Saturday mornings. And, and what, uh, what city are you in? Uh, I'm in Maryland. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Maryland. Yeah, and this is virtual, by the way. It's a virtual thing. Uh, we, we get on uh, the children um, virtually starting at uh, 10, uh, 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, for the younger group. And I think it goes all the way up to about um, 12 uh, PM on Saturdays. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yes, it's it's been amazing so far. Um, you know the the conversation of wealth. It 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 should be as easy as talking about ABCs. You know, um, you know, a, a, as we say, we actually got ABCs. Um, a is for assets, B is for bank, and C is for credit. Just to give y'all a taste of it. And a special thank you to the Wall Street Trapper uh, for actually educating myself about that. But yes, uh, yeah, wealthy kids. Um, Calendly.com forward slash talk to D Oaks. And that's the number two, talk to D Oaks uh, to sign your kids up, yo. Awesome. That is, that is great. I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank you. So Thank you. Um, I'm going to have you tell the people where to find you in just a minute. But I did want to mention before we got off here for the people that will view this later. You know, I am Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E. -E. You can find me on Facebook, Zenashe Poetry or Zenashe. I have all kinds of inspirational merchandise that I sell mm -hmm. through 
uh, my website, laughsandlyrics.com and laughsandlyricsmerch.com. So you can kind of see that streaming down the bottom, but I just wanted to show you some of those things. So these are magnetic bookmarks. It's a pack of six for uh, $6. So they say all kind of positive things on there, like nothing is impossible, but they slide on the page or magnetize inside. So they won't slip out. I also have a pack of 10 for 10. Um, and I have, I mentioned already my guided journal. So I actually have volume one. This is a guided journal package. It comes with actually the workbook stickers, um, a motivational band for volume one tabs for your journal. Um, and it comes with all kinds of different topics inside guided journal prompts, meditation prompts, as well as food for thought. Um, and I have also volume two, which actually has a blank journal, stickers, tabs. It actually comes with a motivational keychain, which they have different sayings, like this blue one says, be your own hero. And they have magnetic bookmarks in the package also. So the package, volume one is 15, volume two is 20. If you get both, you get a discount for 25. And I actually have affirmation cards. You get a pack of 10 for $5. They say different things like this first one on top says slay your day. But there's 10 different cards, different 10 different sayings. And I have a new thing that I've added to my store for people who like kind of fidget spinner things. These are what are called worry stones. There's actually a thumb print in here. The, the thone is really smooth. So people hold it and they can just rub it. Um, and it kind of is what ancient people use to calm themselves. I'm actually going to read you this little poem. The worry stone's a miracle. It's better than a tonic. It constantly stays stoned and it's made of Mexican onyx. The worry stone can hold your problems at bay. So use your thumb and forefinger and rub your troubles away. So you get the little poem, you get a little, you know, jewelry bag kind of holder. And then you get the worry stone, which has that thumb indentation. And I sell these for $5. So you can actually rub on it. And it's very soothing. And besides, they're just beautiful. They're, they're natural stones. They have different colors, like some are tan and they're just different shapes. I have like heart shaped ones. I have oval shaped ones you know, in all kinds of little shapes. So those are very beautiful just to look at. And so those are some of the things that I sell in my store, as well as um, other things that are in there. I have t-shirts and mugs and totes and all kinds of things with inspirational sayings. So you can check out the website and buy your inspirational merch. Christmas is coming up. So you can start shopping with some inspirational merch, things that people have never seen before, things to help them grow mentally and emotionally and help their self-development, you know, journey. And so you got my websites going down at the bottom and could you tell them where to find you? Oh, you guys, you can find D Oaks at talk to D Oaks. Once again, that's the number two talk to D Oaks. That's on Instagram and Facebook, yo. Okay. And We've talked about breaking out of the box, you know, not being limited by tradition, not being limited by your failures in the past, by stereotypes that people would throw at you, uh, by things that people might expect from you culturally, not being limited by anything, you know, but actually having the freedom to think for yourself and to create your own goals and to go after those goals and to not put those limitations on yourself. So do you want to say anything else to the people as we kind of sign off? Oh, um, well, I just, I just want to say to everybody, um, listen, uh, freedom, you know, freedom is everything. Uh, family is everything. Um, and I, I challenge you, I challenge you to really evaluate, uh, your approach and your mindset to those two things freedom and family. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night. All right now. Thank you, Zen. My name is Zen Ashe and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy which is Fuel for the Mind, Body, and Soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine, is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, 
goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So zenergize your life with me. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.